0: Have you ever wondered whether the problems in the world today would exist if we had deeper connection to ourselves, others, and the environment, and acted from that place?
1: Welcome to the Conscious Action Podcast with your hosts Brian Berneman and Kayla Grimble, who believe that connection is the key to taking conscious action as individuals and creating a better world.
0: We are here to raise awareness and inspire meaningful action by sharing stories, knowledge, and conversations with thought leaders and changemakers.
1: From sustainability to well-being and everything related to conscious living, our mission is to empower you to be the change that you want to see in the world. Welcome to a new episode of the Conscious Action Podcast. I am Brian, your host. Um, For this episode, I have the pleasure of having my dear friend, Jana, that she's joining me for a fun chat and a nice conversation. And as I always do with every episode, because I don't like introducing people, because I make it really about what they do and not who they are. I would love, Jana, for you to introduce yourself to everyone that is listening. And first of all, thank you so much for, for being part of this episode.
2: Kia ora, everyone. And in return, thank you so much for having me, Brian. Um, It's a pleasure to join you and share some interesting conversations and insights, as we always do. (laughs) Um, My name is Jan, everybody. I'm a Russian Kiwi, and I'm kind of proud of that dual citizenship as I have a country that I was born in, and now I have another country that I call home number two, (laughs) and it does feel this way. And actually, New Zealand um, has brought so much um, so much healing for me that that led me to do what I probably do at the moment, as I love inspiring people to connect with themselves, try to understand what it means to be authentic uh, authentic self and living your fulfilling life. So I'm a founder and creative force behind Papaya Stories Project. And I'm also running creative well-being workshops and creative, uh, creating stress-free spaces, outdoor, indoors, uh, where we connect, share stories, uh, come and play, and express ourselves freely with no judgment. So, yeah, that's um, what I've been passionate um, over the last while. And uh, that's how we met as well. Yeah. Because I've been passionate about what you guys have been doing, and I felt there was a lot of alignment in our work and our service to the community.
1: Yes, and yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, thank you for your introduction. I would love to to hear a little bit more because we mm-hmm. we actually are now in the middle of this uh, big change in the world, this pandemic, uh, and. We here now in New Zealand are very fortunate that um, we are basically open back again after the lockdown. And and as you were just saying, that you're so grateful to be here in this country and to be grateful to have both citizenships or both places that you can call home. Um, I would love to, to know a little bit more about your russian side and and understanding as you say like this is a like new zealand has been a really uh healing space for you um so can you tell because also i'm always super interested in in these different cultures and different countries can you tell us a little bit more about your upbringing and your sense of what the russian culture is for you at least
2: it's cool, that's cool, um, because I, uh, to be honest, I had some time in New Zealand trying to fit in and become a Kiwi Kiwi, or you still can always pick up my accent, which I was not ashamed of, but there was a stage uh, of previous Jana that really wanted to fit in, and now I'm kind of proud, as I say, that I have different sides of me, and that's make me who I am, so Let's help each other to be more like that. So thank you for this question and interest. Mm -hmm. upbringing wise I wonder if it was similar to yours. I really cherish those moments if I'm just talking from the community point of view and not digging deep in terms of... Family situations and some dysfunctionalities that I might also had. <laughs> um, okay, I actually will start from something negative <laughs> uh, that Russian psyche has. Um, it's love to suffer. Mm. Um, uh, we, I think, it's also being Christian Orthodox mentality that really makes you feel um, that in order to gain light and you know, feel something more than yourself, you have to embrace uh, all the pain you're going through and accumulate and go through it. And, you know, (laughs) growing up with some things, uh, with some beliefs, when your dad is saying, oh, you're laughing too much today, tomorrow, you're going to cry. You're like, where is this coming from? And it's just, you know, the tip of the iceberg. So there is a lot of Um, I think with years and years of cultural code and uh, still having Tsar in Russia and now we have Putin, it kind of proves that Russian people don't really like to take lots of responsibility for making a change. Uh, I think it's shifting. I can see the new generation is coming that is more liberating and people start to speak up and shape their positions and have a different thinking and allowing people to think differently. But I think there is a lot of there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Mm. Especially those people who don't travel and they stay in their city, it's really easy to fall into that trap. And that's that's a lot of things that I had to say, ah, I'm Russian in that way, you know, and it's that part of like "Mm, I don't want to i don't i want to use the suffering or pain that i had in my life as a catalyze for the good change
0: Mm.
2: so i took the negative (laughs) angle from the positive point of view i remember my upbringing being um my childhood being the most happy memories because we used to hang out on the backyard and the city and our, and I don't know, uh, like playgrounds, uh, parks, being uh, till midnight, like I'm five years old, six years old, and my parents were, they knew that I was safe. And I would just literally come, have a sleep, and then I'll go and play all over again. And I think this is definitely a part that I really love about my childhood that I continue to take into my adulthood life, and even that I would like to implement in the work that I do. Mm. Um, but I also had an older sister, so it made me feel like I actually have three parents: mm. <laughs> my mom, my my father, and my sister. Um, who, yeah, who actually convinced my parents to have another sibling. So she was saving up money for me. Like (laughs) she believed that you can buy a child. Mm. So the poor thing, they were given pocket money. She was collecting a jar. And one night she came in and said, that's it. I don't know what else can you do. Like, can you give me, like, I I want a sibling. I want a a younger sister. Mm. And I did the same thing, but not asking about a sibling, but asking to have a dog.
1: (laughs) (laughs) did you get it?
2: I got it. And I also have to earn for it. So that's another funny story mm. um, that I'm quite, I've got really beautiful feelings toward it, towards it. I, I won't say that it's only pride. It's more like, wow, uh, that kid, that Yana that made the decision at the age of 10 uh, made me believe that we can do quite a bit of cool things here. On this planet so i got an idea about having a dog uh, since i was five or maybe even four and i started writing letters to santa claus like genuine letters i tried to you know there were no internet right i was growing up without internet so my research was watching the straight dogs or dog owners with their dogs and, like, learning about their behavior and how smart they are. So I would write short stories. My soft toys will become my dogs that I put on the lead, which was a, uh, a belt from, like, dad's <laughs> <jet> jeans. <laughs> so I would turn to a dog, and sometimes I would just eat from my ball, like, clicking. Like, so there were lots of ways then I tried to connect with that. And my parents would always find a reason why we shouldn't have a dog. And first we really lived in a small apartment. I don't know what about your childhood. We <laughs> we lived in tiny places uh in Russia. And then when we moved to a bigger place, um uh, my dad said we ran out of money. And I was already nine years old. And I was like, Why how you ran out of money? How do we it's like, but you know, to have a dog it's a responsibility. It's not just you buying it, it's you know. I was like oh okay and i thought i'll just try to make this money (laughs) so and that's an interesting thing like i sacrificed not sacrifice i didn't even think about it as sacrifice i invested all my toys uh kinder surprises collections uh i made flower bouquets out of the things that i saw around me and i was selling them non-stop from the porch of our new house
1: Mm.
2: And within a week or 10 days, I got $600. Wow. And the dog costed $800. So my sister was able to top up. I put that money into the envelope, ra- wrote down the phone number of the family who were selling Bernice Shepherd puppies, mm. the ones that we, we were after. And I just wrote two words to my dad You promised. <laughs> and put it under the pillow. Wow. And in three months or even less, we got we got our sherwood, we got our puppy. Mm. And I think it's also, I know I was already 10, but my dog was a big part of me growing up and being my best friend as well.
1: Wow, that's beautiful.
2: Yeah. Wow.
1: <laughs> it's incredible I think, how that... Entrepreneurialship uh spirit was already there like when you were so young it's like noticing what you wanted and you mentioned something which was really interesting that you started saying the word sacrifice and then you took it back because it's not sacrifice i i i believe a lot of times when we we live in a society that believes in sacrifice and in that, like, hard work and not being able to do everything that we want because we need to do something else because of fitting into society or whatever that looks like. And, and that, that comes from a place of a lot of sacrifice. But in reality, when you know what you want, it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It feels like your energy is going towards that and you're pouring
2: nice. your
1: heart into it and you work towards that and you like, hopefully make it happen without feeling like, oh no, like I didn't do a lot of the other things because I wanted just to do this. Like That's not the mentality when you really want that something like the, like the dog.
2: That's true. Um, and I also think... Like I'm quite aware as yourself uh what words we use because they have certain power or even describe the feeling I definitely uh did a few sacrifices in my life, but that's definitely puts me in the place that I was a victim in that situation like I find that sacrifice has that victim mentality when you were pushed to do it or you really regret that you let go of something or you have to, as you said, you have to pretend in order to get that job that you sacrificed uh, your like quality that you're proud of when you didn't. But when you have this crystal clear vision, it's really, you know, you are doing it for the bigger love, for the bigger experience that makes you who you are
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's pretty it's pretty cool and I'm really sad if people live if, if they see their life as they sacrificing something as they, if they don't see something of letting go of something that was your comfort zone or something or a favorite toy you know like you see um, as kids we go through different levels and I actually learned recently that being greedy as a kid when you like... A year or a year and a half is good because you realize that you have your own boundaries and this is your thing. Like this is my cup and I'm holding it. And if you, Brian, want it, no. <laughs> if, a, if I'm a kid, I'm just testing and understanding. But if we are teenagers or like mature adults, I hope we are mature. <laughs> getting there. <laughs> but as adults and you, I see how much you love the cup and yeah, it is meaningful, but not, not like super meaningful. I just see how much you like the cup. I'm really happy to give you this cup, you mm. know, and because I really feel it's not even a sacrifice. I just feel how much happiness I'm bringing into your life. And somehow it makes me happy too. Mm. How does this work?
1: <laughs> yes.
2: And during this selling stuff, I realized that I'm actually not selling. I'm kind of giving my toys that served a mission. I played with them for a year and I'm giving them to to a girl like for a very tiny, you know, it wasn't that I was making money that I got a toy for $20, which I didn't even get. My parents got it for me, right? So yeah. I actually brought back money that my parents invested in me, if you actually think this way, yeah.
1: right? It is mm. interesting. And I wanted to touch on something that you also just mentioned that you said that that mature adult and 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 you were saying as well like there's there's a huge importance on the words that we use and the meaning that we attach to this and Mm -hmm. i i believe that there is a sense and and i and i think that this is why what who you are and what you do is so special because there's a sense that when we start to be more mature Mm -hmm. that somehow means a little bit more boring and, you know, like not allowing ourselves to be completely like goofy and play and keep on learning and exploring life because <laughs> life life is a playground. But in society or most of society, the, the norm is, you know, like you grow up and You start, you know, like you go to school and you go to your work, and then perhaps you have a house and family or whatever that is, and there is all of this.
2: Make sacrifices.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, like this, I think that it's such an important thing because I I believe that we are in a time where where we need to rewrite a lot of the meanings and a lot of the ways of how we see life and. And I think that what, what you bring into the world that is that, that fun and that play and like a joyful life, like that is part of life. And that should be the norm for, for anybody that wants to take part of that. And so many people don't allow themselves because they are, you know, like just all in trying to stay in a safe space of what they think is safe. But not allowing themselves to to explore, um, would you be, be able to to share? I'm curious what what do you see with that, and, and what are the ways that that you try to introduce this to people?
2: You know, it's um, you said the whole world is a playground, which I really like, and um, I agree with. And I've been just thinking, um, you know, we constructed, society constructs very interesting um, systems, right, within we, how we need to exist. But again, even if we have, yeah, and the systems sometimes serve us, and sometimes it's really hard to break through the system to um, show up in a different quality or a different state of mind, and we put... We have we develop stigma to say this is the right behavior, this is the wrong behavior, right? Um, and of course, uh, running across the street not not checking the cars, it's not a safe behavior because your life is at stake, and you also put other people's in life. So I think there are situations where we should learn the rules and um, that are socially appropriate, but I'm more interested in exploring how in everyday life in the situations at work without going deeper and uh, pushing everyone to do some personal development and you know find um, the the space to heal or find the source of inspiration and light with the with uh, from within which is always of course it's um um it's always a motivation for me. So I won't lie. Like I want to help people to find the key to their, like to their soul. I want to connect them. But I think uh, what is different from uh, traditional mindful practices that I'm offering is to not package it this way and uh, make it really, I hope. And I think I've seen it uh, because of the diverse groups that we attract and work with and have fun with. It's more creating the space that is accessible and tapping into that inner child that is playful, adventurous, curious about life, that realizes there are no boundaries um, in a sense that, uh, that we created some boundaries. And um, uh, with the sound Disco City Walk concept, I can definitely say one of the popular initiatives that I've been doing over the last two, three years that picked up. I really like how people, when they hear a silent disco city walk and I'm sure people who are listening, they will think, ah, I need to dance and maybe need to dance and do it in public. Oh, that's, that's cool. Oh, that's totally my jam. Some people will say, uh, will think and other people might think, Ah, that's cool, but it's not my thing and other group will think no it's uh it's it's shitty concept or whatever it is, and it's every opinion is right because it's their own experience and how we created the experiences. but even the people who think, "Ah, it's not my cup of tea, but I will give it a go, and they come and they understand that this experience much wider than they thought, this is probably one of my favorite moments to see that. An introverted person who is not into dancing suddenly transforms and, like, is actually a number one dance star on the street or the opposite. They just dove dive into their um, into their own world and feel very safe in their bubble, but still they, they experience something that is very meaningful for them, and that's quite cool. Uh, what I wanted to add is that my aspiration or my desire is to let people be themselves no matter what sort of social construct they are because if we see people who go to explore this is the festival it's creative abundance you can do whatever you can dress up and people wait for this day to go and dress up for two three days and they have amazing fun but what stops them to have the same fun in the environment, and even take responsibility and create their own mini festival at their own backyard at the workplace. You know, like this yeah. is kind of the dream aspiration that people start to take responsibility instead of just going and consuming the experiences or things, we try, we will become the ones who will create those things.
1: Yes, empowering people to to be able to to create the life that they want every single day. And this is something that I do feel like, and and I try to do the same. Of course, it's from a different perspective and different practices. But it's like for me, it's about that giving people the possibility to create the space within and, and outside of them to be who they really want to be and to explore the possibility of who they truly are instead of who they've been conditioned to be. And um, exactly. And and I do want to 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 ask, um or or for you to to give a little bit more of a background on how did Papaya Stories come to be and and what was the catalyst for for that for you? And and what what were you doing before the Papaya Stories? And how has your life, in a sense, changed as well?
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So my first bachelor and master's degree that I got in Russia was public relations and creative journalism. So I've been always... And actually, I'm grateful for my sister to kind of got me into that direction. She did the research and knew my strengths. And... I have no regrets uh, having that degree um, because it was all about communications, uh, finding the values that you would like to communicate to people. And you have to work with media, with sponsors, whatever your uh, end consumer is. Um, You talk to different uh, target groups and finding the ways to promote this or that message. Public relations also has a lot of uh, psychological knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where my passion has been coming through. So I've been working in creative agencies, uh, tailoring and delivering campaigns for world-class brands, Nokia that used to exist, Mm -hmm. uh, AMD, Cirque du Soleil, Bacardi, Martini. So I worked with a really awesome pool of clients back in Russia uh till 2011 so for a few years i also worked for tennis for russian tennis federation and that was one of my first really big dream jobs Mm. um where i started as a marketing assistant and then i grew within project-based um opportunities i grew into uh, being the head of the press office and being the key translator of the tournament. And that was really, really cool. <laughs> I remember that also, that feeling when you work for, for passion, not for money. I think I always could distinguish that. And and that's the feeling that I really crave, yeah, crave in my life. Um, and, but to be honest, like, When I was in Moscow, I never felt this is the place I want to be. So in 2011, I had the chance to turn my life upside down, literally speaking. And uh, I found a program at AUT, so I started postgraduate diploma in business. I have business, really like business creative agency uh, background, but with within all my work that I've done in. Uh, creative agencies in Russia, and then I worked in digital marketing agency in New Zealand. I've been always passionate about creating meaningful experiences, and I've been always doing team building and doing uh, lots of corporate wellness programs uh, while being uh, an accountant, accountant manager, or helping people, you know, like with creative products and uh, ideation. But the other side of me was always like, how can I bring people together? How? And uh, it's, again, like, mm, it wasn't forced. Mm. It was like, okay, these are my duties. What else can I do to improve culture? Mm. (laughs) So now as I reflect, I understood, like, what always fed papaya stories. And I started papaya stories in 2014 when I got a job um, when I was already working at Affinity ID, that was a digital marketing agency, and I had a countdown, was my key client, so a big company, right, in New Zealand. And um, I realized that I embraced the challenge. I learned so much about big data, how the database is organized. It was a completely new field for me. Also learned about uh, Kiwi culture, how you build the project management and clients relationship, which was similar to my Russian experience, but also I learned a lot. Um, completely different how they do it, and I had a really cool boss, Sandra. <laughs> if she's listening, if Sandra is listening, hello to Sandra. She, she, uh, she. I'm actually grateful for her as she taught me how to turn the problem into the challenge and there's no word problem. There's always word solution or like lesson. And I really love uh, that attitude. But despite all this, some of the good things, and that was the time when I tried to fit actually, because I was labeled crazy Russian as I was definitely out of the box. And um, I started doing papaya stories because I felt like creative part of Yana Um, a writer, a storyteller, a person who wants to connect with another people like what you're doing at the moment um, through interviews or conversations. I was just bursting into it. So papaya stories started as a creative blog or lifestyle blog where we featured stories about ordinary people with extraordinary lives to showcase that each of us is unique when we start the journey from within. And I literally mean that somehow one of my chakras was open because I've been attracting really incredible people into my life and they would come, they would share the story and they will go. So I really felt like I was a mediator and I decided to start capturing those conversations and thinking if they inspire me to understand or who I am, maybe they will inspire people and we understand we're never alone. We have similar stories and stories can be really transformative. And uh, I started working on it with Catherine Brooke, my my dearest friend. And she uh, was really keen on ideas as well. And she's a photographer. So she wanted to uh, create visual artworks of people we've been interviewing. So it was our kind of soul sisters project. Uh, But the most interesting part started is when my counselor (laughs) said, okay, when it's going to be your full-time job? (laughs) 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 And that journey probably started four years ago, maybe three and a half. And (laughs) yeah, it was a very interesting journey as I realized how much I'm scared to do what I truly love. Mm-hmm. And um, first, I really wanted to prove myself that the the vision, the creative vision that I have for community building or helping people to explore what a fun joyful event might look like when instead of watching, they also become performers or something mm-hmm. like that. I wanted to prove that New Zealand there is a place for it like this in New Zealand because, I bounced, you know, and had a bit of, not had broken stories, but I probably didn't hold the right beliefs within me. So I would attract in life proving like, no, you shall not pass. Mm-hmm. New Zealand doesn't like people like you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I wanted to prove myself, no, there is a potential to do something different. Mm-hmm. So I did the first um, community event, Magic Photopus. Um mm-hmm you can like YouTube and look it up. There's a really cool trailer that will give you the idea of what the event was like. But basically we were teleporting people to seven different countries with the help of a photo booth and also dance, uh, pop-up dancers and performers who would them help them to travel and experience different culture. Mm -hmm. And it was beautiful. Uh, We had, 40 volunteers and five volunteers would represent a certain country. And it was Russia, Hawaii, India, France, Ireland. We didn't have Argentina, unfortunately, Mm
1: -hmm. because we
2: really wanted to connect with Argentinian community as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, after that event, when it happened and it was successful and I I saw how much... Yeah, I saw uh, um, the effect and the love that people got, and no one wanted to leave the space and thought, okay, let's do it. So mm. that took me another few years.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and the journey never stops, right? Mm. But
1: yes.
2: now I can say it's my full time journey at the moment, my full time venture. I'm hopeful. But let's see what's going to be in this post COVID uh, 19 world.
1: Yes. And and I do think it's so interesting what you said. Like a couple of things that you mentioned there are so interesting. Like one is understanding the importance of different people in our lives. Like mm, sometimes they come in the form of a formal mentor, but sometimes it's just, you know, like, uh, someone you work with, or someone in your life, and and the impact that they can have, um, the impact of of having, as you said, like your counselor, and, like nudging you to be able to do what what you really wanted to do, mm-hmm. and and as well, like and I loved that that you mentioned like soul sister, like to be able to actually. Have those connections with people uh, in your life, friends, family, whatever they are, and to be able to to co-create something. And like I, I love co-creation, and, and and I think that this is something that that you do very well as well. Like to understand that co-creation, and that comes in every level because it's co-creation to organize something, but as well, um, co-creation as you were saying before, of during an event. And like, for example, the Silent Disco City Walk, like it's being co-created by everyone that is taking part because if people are not dancing or are not having fun, the atmosphere is a certain one. But if people take the lead, it's very different. I remember because I've been part of a lot of the uh, Silent Disco City Walks with you, yeah, he's a
2: very special guest, I must say. <laughs>
1: yes. And I remember one that um, there was a group of people that were so into it. And it was kind of like the energy. I was like, wow, this group is amazing. Just because there were a couple of people that really took the lead and everybody else was kind of following that energy and they were dancing and like moving and you know like doing all of this and I was like wow this is so fun and I've been on on other ones that that didn't happen that much that people were going in in their own way how they wanted to move and dance Uh, so that sense of co-creation because what ends up happening is based on whoever is there because it's it's a similar and um either a similar and Event or or actually the same event, but with the different people created differently. And one of the biggest things that that I love about the Silent Disco City walks, and and I know that this is one of your aims, is to help people discover their backyard, like to help people discover and see the city and different places that. Perhaps they wouldn't look twice and being able to introduce them to how beautiful or what's out there in their neighborhoods and to do that in a fun way. So I'm, I'm interested in what has been your, in a sense, your inspiration for that and, and also what have you found through these last few years of running all mm. of these different type of events?
2: Cool. Um it's a mix of both. But, um I don't know how other people create. It's actually interesting to know um if you break down the idea uh, or like what's coming first, right? Mm. So for me, um, because I'm kind of kind of definitely audio person, so I love um listening to people's voices, I love music, I love listening um and i i love walking in the city so silent disco city walk is a is a mix of my personal favorite things to do in the city um mixed with some experiences that i had a chance to uh take in europe edited with a point of bringing uh Okay, let's put it this way positive social change into the community, right? Because in New Zealand, while not being born in New Zealand, you come and you still, uh, still not 100% lose the sense of being an outsider in a good way. Um, you lived your life in Russia, you spent some time in Europe, and you come in here and you think, not that, like, look at me, look what I've got. It's more that, ah, it's interesting the society is built on a different, on a different, not even values level, but people express themselves differently. And then you wonder why there are uh, so many high rates on suicides and depression and mental health. And while I was going on my own mental health journey, I realized that um, the culture can be quite suppressive. And it's not that easy to say, hey, I feel shit, I need to go home. Or um, I've heard that not so many people actually can go through hard emotions like grieving or loss and being fine to process them. Mm-hmm. So I think the drawing of force for making Silent Disco City Walk what it is and trying to inspire people to connect to their emotions and at one point, At some point, when you connect, you really need to not shut off the world, but actually understanding what's happening within you. So when you stop uh, paying attention to what other people think of you, it's the one step closer to yourself. And Silent Disco City Walk is a safe space to do it because we have Uh, dance guides and events assistants and Darth Vader (laughs) that you've been acting off that take that pressure off from people so there is a fun audio entertainment program right and some historical facts or site-specific information about the area that we're passing that take that pressure off about this experience is all about you all eyes on you no it's like right it's kind of really immerses people into one you united organism and suddenly you understand that i can i can just try to do something new and it gets easier and easier and the music helps and the energy of the group helps so There are three key things. As um, I loved, I always love walking and exploring places, and I always get creative with the place, what we can do here, because I find, I actually find there is a very huge gap in Auckland, what you can do if you live in the city, if you're not a tourist for two, three days and you go and see Sky City Harbor Bridge, and I don't know, go to Piha, you know, do the uh, how you can experience city and fall in love with the city all over again, because mm-hmm. this is, this is the question. Otherwise you think, ah, oh, I'm bored. I know it all. No, you haven't tried. Did you go to the suburb? Why people uh, explore just the suburb where they live? Why they don't go somewhere else? So there was another inspiration.
1: Yeah.
2: What I found uh, interesting um on a personal level over years of creating, I just talk about myself. <laughs> um, first of all, from a business point of view, I'm ready to expand. And I really want um, to have San Disco City Walk stations in Dunedin and Toranga and Wellington and expand. I really I'm ready and would be really happy to train teams there and have the hubs there. Um, from a personal professional perspective, I'm really proud of the team value but also I've learned uh, of how to work with the team and also be open to welcome new team members and let go of some people who are ready to take off and do something else. I think that was a big process for me to understand that you know it's not a full-time job yet for people but also understanding that our core people that stay they stay there for another reason and no matter sort of uh, no matter what sort of person you are if you are into dancing you will definitely enjoy curating the experience but some of the team members they not that much into dancing but the experience gives them so much that they understand and learn not on, not only yeah, we learn about ourselves by looking at other people and enjoying the experience together. Mm. And um, also realize that I love creating new, more programs. Mm. And I'm very excited when people approach us to do the personalized hands party or team building events. This is what I'm like. Oh, we yeah, we can we can bring this concept down to really cool elements and make it personal and make it meaningful. So this is when I'm like really singing (laughs) from deep down in terms of community. I'm just, I'm just amazed what sort of people turn up and say yes to this. Mm -hmm. And that always surprising. And it's just so fascinating to see uh, how when people come and, you know, there is briefing where I say a few words and then health and safety, people come a bit shy and reserved. And then by the end of that, everyone is chatting. Mm. And somehow people who have the shared experience, what you've talked about, they co-created, they've shared, they become, feel more connected to themselves and one another. And that's a really beautiful thing.
1: Yes, that's so beautiful. And and as you were saying, and like that... Creating new things. I, I've been, I was just thinking of our co-creation of being able to, to do some sudden disco mixed with, uh, picking up rubbish, whether that is at the beach or in the parks and, and that we had to cancel because of the, of COVID. Uh, and I'm so looking forward to, to being able to actually make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Same here. I'm, I was actually walking in Western Springs and I thought today uh, with girlfriends and we found another cool spot, which is central and there was so much rubbish. And I was like, we need to do to clean up with Brian here.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. So I've got more, more spots coming. Right. And um, I also love collaborating or co-creating with you as mm-hmm. I learned so much about you. <laughs> and it's, um, Yeah, I just think I, like, give myself a permission. And this Mm. is an interesting thing. But um, I think it's important for any soul to have a space where you can try to be slightly different. Mm. Like, mm, go a bit wild sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's interesting because, for me, it's very interesting I actually, I had something uh, a few weeks ago, a friend's birthday, um, and I went there, and there was music, and, and I started <laughs> dancing, like, you know, how everybody else was dancing. And then these um, friends of mine that had never seen me in that setting were like, who's that? <laughs> And I'm like, that's me. Like, that's me, the one that, <laughs> like, when there's music, dances and has fun. Uh, and they're like, wow, like that's a completely different side of you. Because for a lot of people, it depends on, on where they know me from. I'm mm-hmm. either, you know, like this really relaxed person, or more like, you know, like meditation and mindfulness and Buddhism, and like, yep. and there is like so much i know about me so many different sides and and as you say like being able to to create a space for people to to bring that forth because perhaps they don't have any other spaces where they are allowed and they have that perhaps they don't have that permission to see that side of themselves Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful um i because I'm just worried of time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I mean, we could be speaking here like for days. Yeah, um, totally. But... I'll
2: invite you to my uh, upcoming show. So <laughs> nice. We'll
1: continue
2: the conversation.
1: Yeah. So, uh I, I just want to to go into a few of the questions that I ask at the end of every episode to make sure that we do have the time for that. And some of them are super easy. Some of them might take you a moment to think about. Yeah. Um, So the first question is, what is one resource that you would recommend to others? That can be a book, a film, a website, whatever it is.
2: Uh, Okay. For any chance, there might be a Russian-speaking audience. I just found this amazing platform that I think Brian and uh, some other people and myself would we're creating a similar thing. Let's put it this way. It's called Love Creators World. It's on Instagram, and they also exist offline. They've been inspiring me through the lockdown. Like, mm. really great conversations. Mm. Let me think <clears throat> what is for, like, overall English-speaking audience that has been... Just a moment. A book, a movie... Mm. i'll definitely recommend a movie uh, la vita e bella mm, beautiful and resource i'm just trying i definitely know there is one um just trying to think so interesting <laughs> ah, i might actually uh say because music means so much to me um I might recommend listening to Pink Floyd, The Dark Side of the Moon.
1: Mm.
2: I find that they um, created that um, being in the highest conscious. Mm. Um, also, I would say I like the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza in learning about neuroscience, um, breaking the habit of being your old self. Mm-hmm. This is a good book, and it yes. talks about quantum physics. it's really interesting, and we had a prior discussion about it and um in addition to that, the power of now as well, so yeah. they are kind of out there mm-hmm. yeah it's interesting you ask because I'm reading a very interesting book, but it's in Russian, so I can't <laughs> <because> <laughs> that was my first thing i like
1: yeah it's it, it's interesting a lot of times with different languages i there's a few times that I want to to recommend people to something and then i realize, oh wait well, that's in spanish and there's no translation for that sometimes there are translations but some some resources there's not so those those are all really good what's your one go-to tip that you'd like to share like if you can give someone one tip what is that
2: sit still and listen mm.
1: Beautiful, yes, that's a beautiful one. And what has been your latest small act of kindness?
2: I can't even think of those as kindness. And boom, 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 boom. I've been giving away uh, jewelry pieces that I didn't want, and they're good jewelry pieces, or like some necklaces and girls like i I uploaded them online you know showing casing them like actually creating quite cool pictures Mm. and then they're saying oh there's so much beauty in that and uh asking people who wants them for free Mm. and the first reaction i got from girls you know like i post this story who wants it the reply is like they're beautiful i was like, do you want it or not can I have it? I was like, yes, I'm giving it for free. <laughs> wow. And I um, I probably not even that probably delivering people the parcels. So I just mm. made up en- envelopes, some notes, you know, decorated them
1: yeah.
2: and delivered while people were at work or doing things and they come and that's probably the part of it.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful.
2: Find this. <laughs> yeah,
1: well that's a lot of kindness. That's very kind. And that's not just this very small thing. That's a big thing. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful.
2: I actually just thought I'm also trying to be kind for myself and for others, like on an energetic mental level, you know. Mm. That's probably was my first inner response. Mm. But, um, yeah, but it's not it's not a neck as in
1: Yeah, it's not tangible.
2: Tangible. It's more, yeah, intangible. Mm,
1: Yes. Still, still it's really good. I mean, if we all did that, then we would have a very different society. So, yes.
2: Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious what that society would look like.
1: Yes. That would be really interesting. Yeah.
2: What about you? Can I ask what did you
1: what was the recent act of kindness for you of you um was my recent act of kindness i think that actually i think that i have a fear from today um helping some people in, i i work at a co-working space um such as Helping them with giving them feedback of, of what they were doing for work. So just taking a few minutes uh, to be able to do that. Um, and then to guide the meditation session for everyone that was in the office. Um, so yeah, to give them a nice mindful moment to then continue with their work day.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that was, that was really nice. Okay. Last question. What is one thing that you wish the world knew? This is a big one.
2: What is one thing that I wish I, I knew?
1: Or that everybody knew?
2: That everybody knew? Yes. About me or. No,
1: in general, it can be.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Okay, philosophical answer (laughs) that comes to the surface is that you are empowered to change for the better. Mm. And change, the conscious change, always happens for the better. It's scary, very, very scary to get out of that comfort zone and start to breaking your uh, neuron pathways but it's so worth it because you're starting to live your life on your terms. Mm. And I think there is so much fear in our psychology or how the society is built because Mm. the society is built on shame, guilt, and fear. So we can be controlled and manipulated.
0: Mm.
2: But if everyone knew that there is a chance to live life as you want, that would be, I'm curious how it's going to look like, but I also want people to have that sense of hope
1: yes that's a yeah. beautiful that's a beautiful wish for for the world. I think that change is one of the biggest things that we need more and we need to understand more that that is the reality of life that everything changes instead of holding to uh, to what we know and getting out of our comfort zone and, and how does that look for every person? Um, so thank you so much, Yana, for, for taking the time for this conversation. I love always chatting with you. I love that, like, you bring such a nice, loving energy and so much fun and joy into everything that you do with so much passion, really. Um, and for those of uh, for those that are listening, how can they find you like on social media or website?
2: Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram. Uh, my personal account is Jana uh, Y-A-N-A underscore Papaya. <laughs> papaya is a as a fruit, P-A-P-A-Y-A. Um, you can uh, follow papaya stories project and keep up with all the updates and exciting things that we're creating find us on facebook instagram or just google and uh, let's co-create whole nice. <laughs> present moment and future um and big fat thank you <laughs> to you brian like uh my heart is always full with you and it's um, it's great to have a chance to have such a deep conversation and actually reflect on your journey once again and thinking, ah, interesting.
1: <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> always
2: going to happen next. So yes. thanks so much for your time and thank you guys for listening.
1: Yes, thank you. And I'm going to share as well on the comments uh in the description of the episode i'm going to share some links that you can follow uh, and find yana and papaya stories and what they're up to a little bit more easily so thank you once again yana and thank you everyone for listening to this episode and i'll see you on the next episode bye
0: bye bye what did you like the most about this episode Take a moment to think about what change you can make in your life today.
1: Share your conscious action on social media using hashtag conscious action and tagging at conscious action so we can celebrate your impact on the world and create a ripple effect.
0: One easy action we would love for you to take right now is to share, like and subscribe to this podcast. This will help us get these messages out into the world and inspire more people to take conscious action in their own lives, contributing to the better world we hope for.